Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will it's Friday on Text Talk. We're going to wrap up Acts chapter 18 today. We're going to go ahead and read that last paragraph again, verses 24 through 28 from the English Standard Version. Jackson Cook is with us today, sitting in for Andrew. Glad you can be here with us this Friday. Now, a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was an eloquent man, competent in the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus, though he knew only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue, but when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately, and when he wished to cross to Achaia, the brothers encouraged him and wrote to the disciples to welcome him. When he arrived, he greatly helped those who through grace had believed, for he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, showing by the scriptures that the Christ was Jesus." Andrew and I got to talk about Apollos in yesterday's podcast. I hope you were able to listen to that, Jackson. Were you able to, were you able to pick up what we uh, were saying about that yesterday? Yes, I am all up to speed. All right, very good. Yesterday's was a hard podcast episode to record, namely because we were very purposefully only talking about half of what's going on here with Apollos. And it was hard to say all of that without giving another half, another side of what was going on with Apollos. But purposefully, we were wanting to really focus on his boldness, his boldness of the fact that we find out he was mistaken. We, he didn't know something about the baptism of Jesus. And so that actually ended up meaning he was teaching something that was not accurate. It was incorrect. And and on the surface, and well, even deeper than the surface, that's not, that's not a good thing. But one of the things we got out of it was the fact that, you know, I need to teach what I know. And that, that's the best I can do. And I don't need to sit on the sidelines saying, well, I, I might be wrong about something, so I shouldn't say anything. I need to follow this example that Apollos has set, mainly because it allowed what he thought and what he believed to get out there so that someone who did know more could come back and correct him. Now, Andrew wrapped up yesterday with a prayer, and he really started leading us in that prayer toward the other side of Apollos that I want to bring up today, and that's the humility to listen. He had the boldness to speak, but he had the humility to listen when someone came along to teach him the way of God more accurately. So when you think, Jackson, about those two sides, boldness and humility, what comes up in your mind? So... I really like this passage here. I really like this section of Acts chapter 18. Luke appreciates that. I'm sure he does. He's in his grave smiling right now. (laughs) Um, I really appreciate this passage because as a young aspiring preacher, sometimes I feel myself in that position of, well, I'm on the sidelines here. Should I speak up? Should I talk about this? Because I'm not so sure about this. And sure, there are opportunities to grow there. But at the same time, like you said, we have to be bold enough to speak about what we do know and about what we are confident in. And one of the things that we can see coming from that was the window of opportunity that created for him to 
to be shown the truth more accurately. And so I think for me personally, I really appreciate his boldness to speak. And I like that example because I want to follow after that and to be able to speak boldly about what I do know, creating an opportunity for me to hear the truth more accurately because I wouldn't be able to if I did not speak. Two mistakes that I know I have made in preaching and, and, you know, I can say that as the guy who is the preacher, but it's really not just in preaching. It's in my discipleship. It's in my Christianity. Two mistakes that I have made. One is the idea that um, I, 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 you know, I know I don't know as much as some other people, so I feel like I shouldn't say anything. And that's, that's a mistake. I'm just going to keep quiet. I'm not going to say what I believe. I'm not going to say what I what I think I've learned. That's a mistake. Um, you know what? Actually, let me say three mistakes. The second mistake is sometimes I get just a, a, a notion, an idea. I've made a connection and I've decided this must be it. This is the greatest teaching since sliced bread. Nobody's ever seen this before, but I have made the connection. I'm going to get out there and I kind of go guns a blazing. Uh, in, in, and that's really proclaiming my ignorance rather than studying. So that's a second mistake I've made. Uh, but the third mistake is that it, when I have been bold, I know that I can get kind of wrapped up in, I figured this out. This is my idea. Right. And so when people start pushing back against it, instead of listening, now I dig my heels in and I get defensive Absolutely. because I'm defending what I said. What we see in Apollos is these two sides. He was bold to proclaim what he believed, what he knew, what he understood. But when someone came along and was able to teach him, no, no, that's not quite accurate. He was humble enough to listen and change. He didn't dig his heels in and he, he was able to grow because of it. And because of that, his work was in a, redeemed and he was able to move forward and be someone that the Christians could support and send and say, this is a guy to listen to, which is what happens next. He moves to Corinth and they're able to send letters saying, this is a guy, listen to this guy. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's hard to stand up and be bold sometimes, but it's definitely even harder, I think, to subject yourself to correction knowing that you could be wrong. And so, like you said, the fact that he is able to to have the humility to be able to be taught and instructed in the right way is something that sheds a great light on us and is a fantastic example for us to follow in what it means to be corrected and to be shown the truth more accurately by those who know more. And here's a fellow that has stood up in the synagogue. He has taught he has proclaimed, and it is so easy I, to preach a sermon, to write a Facebook post, to write a blog post, to write a book, to say something in a private discussion, that all of a sudden, what I am most interested in is winning the argument that what I said was right. This is, this is a powerful thing on making sure that my heart stays true to what my mission really is. One of the favorite what I don't know, business books, self-help books, management books that, that I like and recommend to a lot of people is the book that came out by the Vital Smarts folks. It's called Crucial Conversations. If you have not read that one yet, Jackson, I highly recommend it to you. It's not a spiritual book. It's not a, it's not a preaching book, but boy, it's very beneficial. And one of the principles that was in that book that I've just so loved was that in a crucial conversation, this is a, this is a conversation where opinions vary, emotions run deep, and stakes are high. 
in one of those kind of conversations, you, you have to start with the heart. You have to make sure you remember what the goal actually is. And when I'm in one of these crucial conversations with you, Jackson, because no doubt we will have those as we have a relationship together. When I'm in one of those crucial conversations, I have to remember that the goal of the conversation is that by the time we're done with it, we are stronger, we are closer, we are more connected, we are more unified and moving in a unified direction. The goal is not prove I'm right. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, oh, go ahead, Derek. You want to add to that? Yeah, I was going to say that um, I really liked what Andrew said yesterday about the the unspoken disagreement oh, yeah. and then spoken disagreement. And by the time you reach the spoken disagreement, there's so much conviction uh, on either side of the party that it's polar. Yeah, and you butt heads. You can't. You guys can't see this, but uh, Edwin and I are actually butting heads right now. No, <laughs> uh, smashing fists. So, um, yeah. So this idea of kind of butting heads there, you don't want to reach that point. And like you were talking about with winning the argument, that's not the goal. Is not to be the person who's on top. And that's where the humility comes into play is where is my heart in this situation? And I can say that in my past experiences, this is uh, being with Livingston this summer. This is my second uh, internship program for the summer. And I did one last summer as well. And initially, when I started to kind of experience some of that correction and in, in instruction, initially, I felt like my feelings were to kind of dig deep and like, whoa, I need to defend myself here. But then I realized that these were people who were coming to me in love and trying to show me a better way as Priscilla and Aquila did for Apollos here. Sure. One of the things to understand here is just because somebody's coming to correct, though, doesn't mean they're right. You know, there's a place to say, OK, I'm going to listen. But that let's talk about this. The main point is I have to make sure to keep the right goal, the right goal. The goal is the truth. The goal is not who's right, it's what's right. And that's that's why I love that principle about starting with the heart and making sure I know that my heart is focused on the right goal in these conversations. And just like in that secular book, they're pointing out that the goal is to, for, for the relationship to win, not for you to win the argument. That's the same thing here with Apollos. The goal is for God to win, not for me to win. The goal is for a soul to be won, not for me to prove that I'm right. And Apollos had that humility. Yesterday, we were able to talk about his boldness. Instead of being so afraid that he might be wrong, you know, he just stayed quiet. He was bold. He proclaimed it. But at the same time, he was humble enough to listen when somebody came back. Again, just because somebody's trying to correct me doesn't mean they're right. There's going to be a time to say, well, now, wait a minute. Here's why I said this. Here's here's this passage. Here's what the scripture says. But I maintain in those discussions the boldness to speak, but the humility to listen. It's hard to have both of those. In fact, it, like I said earlier, yesterday was one of the hardest episodes to uh, speak on just because it was hard to just focus on that one side. We need both of them together, but it's hard to have both. Yeah, I just want to reiterate that because I think that you're doing such a good job of explaining that these two things go hand in hand. If you're going to be bold and speak as you should, then you need to have that humility to subject yourselves to be instructed. And of course, you talked about the idea of what's right and not who's right. I think that's a great way of looking at it. But again, these two things go hand in hand. They're not mutually exclusive. They need to go together. 
We could say this maybe with some pithy, witty statements that uh, either push in a negative direction or a positive direction. When we're, we're thinking of saying it kind of with a, a negative bent, we might say, look, don't be so humble that you won't speak up. But at the same time, don't be so bold that you won't listen. Or we might flip that around and say it in the more positive bent, be bold enough to speak, humble enough to listen. And I, I've got to take both of those, let both of those be part of my growth, part of my discipleship, part of my Christianity, and for those of us who are preachers, part of our preaching. Uh, we, we need to, to focus that. And you know what the, the thing about it is? is not only do I need to be humble enough to listen. Uh, okay, confession time. You know what? Sometimes I can be humble enough to listen when it's a Bible teacher whom I really respect or a preacher whom I really respect or an elder whom I really respect. It's hard enough to be humble to listen when it's just somebody who's coming out from the crowd. Uh, you know, humility means I, I'm not I'm not only listening to the people that I really, really respect. It's I'm listening when, when anyone comes. I'm listening when they, when they come and say, no, I think you're wrong about that. And that, that's the hard part. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's the hard part. I can, I know this is going to shock you. I can puff up with pride a lot. Why? <laughs> and so the humility is no matter who it is that's, that's coming at me with, hey, wait a minute. Have you thought about this? I need to be able to listen to them all. I even catch myself. I, I, I can catch myself even when I'm on Facebook. If I've put a post up and, you know, there's there's just some person who I may not even know them. Who knows how we got connected and they're making a comment and I can come back with a really sharp comment, uh, almost rude. But then when it's a friend of mine who I really respect, they might be saying the exact same thing, but I'm very respectful and I'm very humble. That's not actually humility. That, that's still just pride. I need to be willing to listen. Yeah, and as we wrap up, I want to kind of flip that on the other end. You and I were also talking about that not only do you consider who's doing the correction, but you have to consider who's the person being corrected as well. And so whether you're a young, aspiring preacher such as myself or, you know, a 46-year-old man with bad knees that's been preaching for 20 years. You 25. Know, <laughs> 25, sorry. Uh, so you, no matter who you, you are. Yeah, you are older than I thought. Old man you. So... Yes. Yeah, that's exactly right. It, it, it's not about age. It's not about where you are in your discipleship. No matter how long you've been doing this, bold to speak, humble to listen. We'd love to hear from you. We want to listen to you. Send us an email. Let us know what your questions, what you're learning. Maybe you think we're wrong about some of this. Maybe you even think we're wrong about these two episodes we've just had. Let us know. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. It's the end of another episode and end of another week. Jackson, would you wrap us up with prayer, please? Absolutely. Oh, Lord, our God, we love you so much, Lord. We're so thankful for your mercy and your grace. Father, we're so thankful for your word and all that it is for us. Fathers, we have learned today from Apollos and Priscilla and Aquila. There are loving examples of the ability to be bold enough to speak for the truth, but also to be humble enough to listen when corrected. Father, we pray that as we go into our coming weeks that we would have the exact same attitude as Apollos, that we would be bold enough to speak in your name, but at the same time that we would be humble enough to be corrected to listen to others who know more than us so that we may come to know the truth, your truth, Lord, more accurately. For this is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. 
You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day. Well,